Today, we're going to talk about the new ISO 56000 standard for innovation management. Why is there even a standard and how can it be applied by different organizations? And how can you use it in your organization to raise awareness about the need for a structure and a systematic approach to innovation? My name is Tobias Eklund and with me today to discuss this, I have my colleague Kalle Jägers, PhD. Enjoy. So welcome Kalle Jägers, my guest for today. Um, you've been here on this podcast before, but just give a brief introduction on uh, who you are and uh, therefore why I've invited you. Thank you very much. Nice to be back. Well, I'm uh, heading our team of people working with uh, innovation and design here at Telefuture. Uh, have my background from the academy. Been doing some research and teaching back in the days. Uh, I've been on the Hello Future ride since we started the company. Actually, I would say from the very first beginning. Uh, so today. I mostly work with uh, either senior projects that we need some kind of method development uh, or I coach my colleagues in their work in the innovation and design group. So it's kind of a split role where I have the opportunity to f create new findings in different places and also add some knowledge where it's needed. But mostly I spend my time trying to get uh, all the people in the group to have like all the assets they need in order to do a good job and to facilitate our practices. So in a way, you can say that I'm in charge of, of securing the quality of the methods and procedures that we use and ensuring that every project's got its sufficient resources. Therefore, I think uh, you're the right person to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is the new ISO standard 56000 for innovation management. Before we go into what it is, please explain why should our listeners care? Uh, what's in it for them? Why should they listen to this episode? Well, I think there's a huge reason for it in that uh, what the standard do, as any standard does, is trying to explain how you should do something in the most perfect way available. Uh, and that's like the aim and, and like the ambition with any standard that we use today. It's trying to find out what's the best practice if you want to do something. If it's it could be designing products, could be maintaining different kind of flows in the organization, could be management aspects, could be practically anything. But the idea behind standards is to kind of bring together all the best practices that you have and try to figure out what's the best way of doing this thing that we're looking at right now. So I would say that if you're interested in doing innovation uh, and if you want to ensure that you do it in the best way possible, then you should definitely look at the standard, uh, the ISO 56000 family. Let's back up. Um, give me a brief um, introduction to ISO and this, the organization and what, I mean, why they've done this. If we look at the ISO organization, that's like the international organization for standardization. Uh, they've been, I think there was, the organization was founded back in like 1947 or something. Their main office, I believe, is in Switzerland somewhere. Uh, but basically, that's an international organization with members from more than 100 countries worldwide. Uh, so what they're doing is they're like a non-governmental agency. They're not connected to like uh, that part of the of the society and community. So it's more like a collection of experts in different domains uh, who work in different technical committees to solve the idea of how to do their stuff in the best way possible. So okay. I think they have a pretty good track record of producing standards. They have a plethora of different standards today on 
practically anything that you would need a standard for. Uh, I think the basic way they do their work is to kind of acknowledge when there's a, a need somewhere in the world for a standard, when you have like clear market need uh, for a standard, then they are really good at putting together right team of experts, uh, the right team of competences to form a committee around that area and to produce a standard that can be applied. And I think in Sweden, the 9000 family is quite successful. I also think they used a lot of the 14000 family. So there are standards for yeah, assuring that you do the things you do in the most sufficient and, and in the best way possible. Uh, and I think, yeah, in Sweden, I think we, we have a quite strong tradition of adopting to different standards from the ISO community. And we also, I think- We have like a, standards. Yeah, we have a quite <laughs> strong national chapter as well. And we're most often included in different work groups, developing new standards and so on. So it's, if your industry in Sweden, you have most probably met some of the standards somewhere, especially if you're a manufacturer or something. And now there's a standard for innovation management. That's in in my world. That's quite a quite far from you know uh, how to how to make the most efficient assembly line. Do you sure what is. do you know about the the, the 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 background of creating an innovation management standard? Well, I would say that's when the need for a standard occurs. I think it's a, like a general need for something that's been maturing a while uh, and eventually you reach a point where you see that okay now we have a clear request from from the markets that we need to formulate the standard this is something that we're ready to do something that we're mature enough to do right now in time when we start the process uh, so i'm not really surprised because i mean since innovation's been a challenge for a number of different organizations for quite some time now. I wasn't surprised at all when I found out that, okay, they're putting together a technical committee on, on how to deal with innovation in, uh, in different organizations. Uh, because I think it, it was the right time, both in terms of knowledge. A lot of people have learned a lot about how to, to do and conduct innovation work in a sustainable way. And also I think it was right in time because a lot of companies and organizations experienced some kind of need and urgency to reinvent stuff and to do new stuff and they couldn't really rely on the existing business models and the existing products and the existing uh, ways of understanding what the market needed. So I think since the request and demand for innovation kind of increased the latest time in Spectre, if you look at it from a longer perspective, I would say this is something that really matured the last 20 couple of years or so. Then it was like no surprise that we, we will get some kind of committee formulating a standard right now because we know so much about how to do this in a, in a good and sustainable way. And also I think it's, it's been the issue that, okay, some organizations that are grounded and like uh, start out with a rough innovation idea, like startups, etc., that kind of, of organizations, of course, they don't really have that kind of need from the beginning since they're focusing on, on operating in an innovation mode, I would say. At the same time, we have a lot of mature organizations over the world that experience the need to be more innovative. And if you have that need, and if you're used to work with different standards in your manufacturing processes and in your management processes, of course, you're going to look to the ISO and see, is there a good standard for innovation work? And I think that was pretty much what happened back when they started the work of, of uh, producing the ISO 56000 family of standards as well. And, and was the standard then published? I mean, is it, is it, is it a progress where, where a lot of experts work on, on 
formulating what should be in the standard and then, it, then it's formally published or is it a, like a, a work in, constant work in progress? How does well, that work? It's kind of an iterative work process. Of course, they formulate and decide and vote upon a certain standard and then different countries adopt to that standard and, and sign on to it. But it's a living document, so they continuously revise and review those standards this way and, and update mm -hmm. them and they produce new standards connected to them. So in a new area of standards, maybe you start with one or two and then you formulate the third one that comes here after and so on. And then you revise one of the oldest ones and update it yeah. to current because, okay. I mean, it's, it's a constant knowledge development within any domain. Yeah. So they're not yeah. like fixed. They, we decided on this one in 1962 and it's exactly the same. <laughs> I, I don't think we have many standards that never been updated. But so it's like an Probably ongoing not. work. As long as there's a need for continuous development, I think the standards will be updated and upgraded and, and refined in order to, to incorporate all the new knowledge that we have and all the, the proven experiences that we can draw on when we decide on what's the perfect way of doing this. Because I mean, Right now, this standard, the ISO 56000 describes, this is, to our knowledge today, this is the best way of doing innovation management, for instance. And as mm -hmm. we learn about innovation management in different areas and contexts, of course, we're going to update our view of what's the best way. It can't be the same if the yeah. society change right. and the organizations change and so on. So, of course, these sets of standards will develop over time, and that's a natural part of what they do. Talk us through, what are, what are the main uh, areas that this standard covers? Because from my perspective, I mean, it's all about culture and, and management style and different types of methods and methodologies that you use. Um, so talk us through what, what the standard, yeah. what areas does the standard cover? I would say that the 56,000 family is a quite comprehensive description of, uh, of a full innovation system today and what you need in a system like that and how you should manage a system like that. So basically what the documents, if you combine them, describe is like a, as a complete picture as you possibly can get today of what components do we need? Uh, what are those components consisting of? What do we do in each and every one of these components? And what are the requirements that all these components should meet in order for you to have a successful innovation system? So they pretty much gives you a basic blueprint of what to strive for when you develop innovation in your in your organization. And that's the thing about standards. I mean, at this level, they are really good at pointing out why you should do certain things and what requirements those things should meet. But then it's up to you to implement it. So any different given standard can be implemented in at least one or two ways. So I would say that's, that's also part of standards. They don't tell you exactly how you should do everything in detail, but they tell you what kind of requirements you should meet in order to do things in the best way possible. So, for instance, the standards for innovation management, I would say that, the, for instance, the 56002 standard, it gives you a really good picture of the innovation system that you need to have in your organization over time in order to be successful in your innovation work over time. And that standard describes on a system level what components uh, the organization need to manage in order to conduct innovation. It gives you like the basic uh, I would say priorities of each and every one of these components and they also say something about what methods you can use in order to realize that component or implement that one. Uh, but for instance in this standard you get a really good picture about okay how do you turn opportunities or intent uh, with your innovation work into innovation value. That's like the core of the 56002 standard. 
So you need, if, you're, if you want to do this over time uh, and in a sustainable way, you need to have a system that secures that you produce these kinds of results over time. And at the heart of that system picture is like a really clean way of describing the basic operations you need to do in order to create innovation value. Based on identifying opportunities, you need to create concepts, you need to validate concepts, develop solutions based on those concepts and deploy those solutions. So it gives you a really clear picture of when do you see any kind of value uh, in return of your innovation investments, for instance. What kind of steps do you need to take in order to refine opportunities into value? And what kind of supporting uh, components do you need in order for this process to be successful over time? So in addition to just this operational layer, you also have like a support uh, component describing the resources and competences and other support that your system's going to need. Uh, you have a planning component, a performance evaluation component, and a leadership component uh, that kind of defines requirements for how you deal with commitment and vision and strategy and policy around mm. your innovation work. And, and you also, of course, have a component addressing the context of the organization, what kind of external and internal issues you need to deal with to have a successful innovation process and what kind of culture or collaborations you need to form. So it gives you like an idea of what should, in a perfect world, what should you do when you conduct innovation over time? What kind of components do we need to orchestrate together in order to make this happen? And, and also without telling you exactly how you should do it in any specific detail. It's more like a, 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 some sort of blueprint of this is what you should do, but not doesn't say how you should do it. Who, what kind of, does it go in, down into competency? I mean, yeah, you need someone who knows design thinking. Yeah. You need, it goes down into that, that sort of detail. Yeah, in some components you get the very detailed description and you also get suggestions for methods, for instance, that in this module you should work with these kinds of methods. But they don't say like, okay, these are the exact methods that you should use every time. Because at the same time, this is like a general description of the general way of doing innovation in a successful way. But you need to adopt to that depending on what kind of organization you are and your own specific different, uh, the resources you have and the specific culture you're in and, and your different kind of, of uh, context that you work within. It's gonna, f yeah it's going to set some boundaries to what you can and cannot do. So, of course, you, sh you shouldn't see the, the standard as some kind of, okay, this is a blueprint and we need to implement it exactly in the way as the standard describes. You have many different mm. options for each and every component and you need to find your own operational way of solving that component. What the component do is kind of telling you what kind of requirements you should meet uh, and what, what would it look like when you're successful, when everything is in place and it's working, what, what outcome are you getting right then? What kind of requirements are you meeting then? So you can benchmark the selection you do of methods or you can benchmark your processes and you can evaluate your different kind of outcomes by using the standards to see, okay, are we performing in accordance to the standard or not? Is there anything we can improve here and be a bit more selective in or maybe perhaps uh, develop a bit more towards the way that the standard describes it? Then we have some kind of opportunity for for adjusting our, our specific implementation of an innovation system and making it even more successful. If I'm an organization that, you know, we, we, we basically formulated that we need to be, we need to become more innovative, we need to start looking at this in a, in a better way, um, how, how, would, uh, how, would, how would I go, 
I mean, I, I go to the, the site and I down, I pay because that's how I think they, they fund, fund themselves. Uh, I pay for the standard, I download it, and, and then I have this like comprehensive, really, sounds like it covers everything. Where do I start? How, how, do, how do you think an organization can get working with this? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Because it yeah. sounds like huge work. Yeah, I would say that kind of depends on how huge you are as an organization. I mean, if you're a multinational global corporation with 14,000 employees, I think you have a different context than if you're like 20 persons manufacturing something very specific. So, of course, you need to start at different places depending on where you are right now in time, what kind of maturity you have and what kind of resources you have. And depending on how many people do you need to orchestrate in order to be successful in your innovation work. Uh, but I would say in many cases, if you're not like the global multicorp with all those kind of organizational challenges when you have people in different time zones and you have different business areas throughout the world. If you're small, I think there's a, a really good way of starting by looking at the operations level of the standard to see, okay, what can we do in order to create innovation value out of different opportunities? Uh, of course, we're going to have some kind of challenges that makes us look in the innovation way. We're going to experience some kind of need for innovation. So if you look at the standard, it's quite clear that, yeah, you need to have a strong vision and a direction for your innovation system. The system is intended to create not general innovation, but it's intended to create innovation that brings value to your organization. So in order to understand if the things we do right now create value or not, you can use the leadership module and that component of the system to understand, do we have all those places, those things in place in order to start our innovation process in a systematic manner. So you can make mm. like a small check to see, do we have a clear vision? Do we have a strategy? Do we have any policies or what's the commitment from the leadership in this organization? You can start there and look at yourself and say, okay, are we well suited to start this process? And then you can go into the operations layer and start to uh, identify opportunities and see, uh, can we put up the minimum viable process for doing this operations layer? What would that process look like in our company? What kind of methods can we use? What kind of people do we have? What resources do we have to include? And start to like elaborate on that one and see different experiments and different kind of, of tests to see what will uh, the outcome be for us and what will it cost us and how can we adjust to this? So I think you should you should consider the standard as like this is the target picture you should aim for. It's not something that you implement from day one every part in the standard. I think it's something you need to address at a certain pace, and I think it's individual from each and every company. Mm. I think a classic way to approach this, if you're a bit larger, is to make some kind of analysis of the current state. Okay, this is how we work today with development or with quality, uh, different kind of quality assurance work, and so on. And uh, this is how we do business development and then try to understand uh, based on the standard, what things do we already do that could be yeah. incorporated into or secured or a bit more quality assured by use of the standard. So that's another way of working like, okay, this is what we are right now. We are so and so far from fulfilling the standard, for instance, but, and it's immediate for, to us that, okay, we need to solve these different modules first because that's where we're right now weakest. We don't really have those things in place and we need them to get to the next level and so on. So I think it's a bit dynamic. It's it's hard to, to give like, okay, you should every every time you, you start to look at this in order to implement an innovation system, you should start at the exact same point because that's not the case. You need to understand where you are as an organization and, and what would bring most help to your current case, I would say. 
from from how it's written is it is it um so i mean so people don't have to download it and, and realize it's not for them is it is it written in a like layman uh, kind of way would it, would anyone uh, understand it or is it very <laughs> yeah. very um advanced i don't think it's that advanced i think it's yeah it's a bit academic and it's a bit precise so i think if you're uh, an experienced engineer you will find it quite uh, quite easy to understand the, the language of this because what you're trying to do when you formulate the standard is to formulate it as precise as possible and it's been really uh, they put in a lot of work to find the right formulations and to be as clear as possible which it sometimes makes it like okay this is very intuitive it's almost it's a flat state of, of expression like you should aim for this yeah that's quite we know that's why we're here i mean so it's easy to to kind of get since it's so clear and so like uh, polished you can get to a level where it almost feels like okay this is this is not really helping it's just obvious things that we get yeah. stated around on the other hand uh, you get a lot of of at the same level they try to be very specific and true about all those components that are a bit more complex so they can require a bit more knowledge to understand what kind of mm concepts we're dealing with right now and what kind of terms are we using here and, and so on. But I would say that if you have some kind of experience of working with like quality assurance standards or standards for uh, different kind of process management or uh, yeah, those kind of aspects of standards, I think if you have some kind of experience of those, I think it's quite easy to read this standard as well. You'll find also, as they do with any standard they produce, you will get connections to other standards that, okay, this particular standard is uh, related to standard X and standard Y in other domains or corresponding domains or it's based on standard Z that kind of was the foundation and now we have developed this in, in this new direction and so on. So it's both easy to understand and quite difficult to kind of comprehend I would say, but not that difficult. I mean if it's the, if you have some basic learnings that you've made when it comes to innovation and if you understand like the basic concepts that you work with when you do different kind of quality assurance and quality development and different kind of management, uh, yeah, process management and, and those kind of aspects. If you have that kind of background or are somewhat familiar with those concepts, I would say that it's quite easy to understand the standard. So is there any reason not to not to buy the standard and download it and, and, and use it for reference? Is there anything missing? Is there anything you would have done differently? Or I mean, what's, what's your take on that? No, I think it's for me with my background, it's really powerful too. <laughs> well, but at, at the same time, yeah, I'm very <laughs> academic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've done my PhD and I've been doing all the research that I think I need for some time now. But yeah. <laughs> Joke aside, I think, yeah, it's a really good reference in many cases, but at the same time, if I don't think anyone should expect it to be like an operational help. Uh, if you're not experienced in setting up innovation systems, for instance, I don't think you can just download the standard and then you start tomorrow in your organization. Then you're going to encounter mm -hmm. some problems because in order to apply the standard, I think you need to have some kind of experience and in order and some kind of expertise in order to match the current need of the organization and the current like yeah, the prerequisites you have and all the kind of opportunities and resources you have and, and the specifics about that organization that needs to be considered when you apply the standard. So, as I say, you can implement the standard in not just one way. It can be many different ways mm. to solve different components. Some components are actually just implementable in one way, but it's, that's more rare, I would say, than the opposite. So you often have a different 
variety of choices to make when you try to incorporate uh, a certain module or part of a standard in your organization. So it's, I, I think the advice would be like, yeah, download it, try to understand it and get some help. Turn to someone who's an approved innovation leader, for instance, or someone who's really good at understanding the standard and adopting it to different kind of, of circumstances. Uh, then I think you'll get the most out of it. Uh, otherwise, I think it's easy to get stuck in just, okay, we need everything and we need everything now. So where do we start? Uh, yeah. It can be quite overwhelming. So I would say draw on experience of others. Like, do this not on your own as a single company if you're a company. Just team up with some other partners in order to do this. Because that's also a foundational part of innovation work. That if you want to have a sustainable innovation system that kind of works over the years and constantly produce new value, then you're going to need partnerships. You're going to need to team up with other organizations, other expertises. Uh, when you set up your system, you're going to have to make a, a smart choice about what to implement and when. If you're a small organization, maybe you don't need to have all those components uh, developed at the same time. It's going to be a large cost and maybe you don't even have the resources to, to implement them all. But maybe you need to have some thoughts about those modules that are still not there, but that you're kind of putting into the future. And you need to have something that gives you a return of value quite soon but, and, and kind of provides you with the energy to work on. And you should more consider the standards to be some kind of target for your, okay, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in a couple of years, we would be like 80% working like 80% of the standard. We have developed and incorporated 80% of the standard in our organization. And that that could be quite sufficient. Well, I mean, it's, that's no, it's no value in itself to meet the standard at 100%. If it doesn't bring you any extra value as an organization, yeah, that's, that's not going to be, I mean, it, it's not a successful way to look at standards that, okay, either you, sh you implement them and everything that's in them or you don't do it. I mean, it's, it's something that you should use as a reference and as an inspiration and as a benchmark for what you do. And then you should bring in the parts of the standard that you need at the right time. So back to the beginning, you need to have some kind of experience to do this and you should team up with someone who have it. There's even a part about partnerships, isn't there? Yeah. Back to what you said, team up with other companies, team up with consultants, whatever, uh, to get that outside perspective and to, to gather resources and so forth. Uh, there's even a part in the standard that talks about how to do that. Uh, I think that's that's like the brilliance of a standard, that it helps you to make a comprehensive list of everything you need to think about. <laughs> if you want to do this in a successful way over time, you need to think about a lot of different aspects and not only think about them, you need to manage them in different ways. So, mm -hmm. of course, when it comes to the context of the organization, for instance, which is a component of the 56002 standard, I mean, then, then you get the really good idea about what kind of an external and internal issues do we need to consider and why? What's the purpose of considering these issues from the standard? perspective. Uh, and you also, yeah, you, in that component, you address the culture and the collaboration and kind of describes in order to be successful over time, we know that you need to have collaboration. It doesn't say exactly what kind of collaboration you should have as an organization, but you know that that's a general component and a general need of a successful innovation system. It can't feed just from the organization where it's implemented. It needs to be connected to other systems in order to produce value over time. And I think mm -hmm. that's the beauty of the standard. It kind of Without saying exactly how you should do it, it kind of gives you the requirements and, and a comprehensive list of everything you need to talk about in your organization, everything you need to master, 
everything you need to produce and have an idea about uh, and the processes you need to set up and find out the best way for your organization to do this mm -hmm. process and so on. So it's like a complete instruction manual to what you should strive to be in order to be successful over time. And that's, the, I think, the foundational beauty of the standard. Then. Yeah, another thing, I mean, back, back to that, but I, my first thought when I heard that there was an a, a upcoming standard for innovation management, I, my thought based on my experience was that's great because then I can, I can bring this to the management. I, I feel a need for, we need to become more innovative. Uh, here I have something to point at to say, okay, if we follow this, if we work by this, we won't go wrong yeah. uh, in the same way as if like we have really no idea what we're doing, but we need to become more innovative. So let's just start shooting. Here's the actual sort of evidence that this can be done. And this is, this is going to show us the right direction for it to get done in by, by the best methods available out there. So it could actually be like ammunition to get things yeah. going in, in the organization that you that you work in. Um, but that, but that, that was my personal reflection. Yeah, and I totally agree because th this standard clearly demonstrates that there's nothing more fussy or artisanal about innovation than any other procedure that you do over time as an organization to succeed. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you look at the core work of creating innovation, yeah, you're going to use different methods here than the methods you use when you manufacture, for instance. It's not going to be the same needs from the innovation process compared to the manufacturing process. At the same time, you can work just as systematically with innovation as you can with manufacturing, for instance. And you can have and choose the best practice in order to ensure that okay, we, at least we're doing this in the right way. And if we do it in the right way over time, we can expect the results to be better over time compared to if we did it in some other way. Mm. But that's also like the promise of the standard. And this is also like, a, yeah, it's good because it kind of demystifies innovation. It's not something like art. It's not depending on innovation geniuses that get divine inspiration to kind of create new stuff that the world never seen. It's not that. It's something you can do over time in a systematic manner to ensure that you create value. Uh, so that's like the first part I really like about, about that analogy and that kind of way of looking at it. And it's, it kind of brings evidence, as you say, to the table to ensure that on any level we can understand what we're doing when we do innovation mm. without actually having to understand exactly what happens when we do innovation. But it's a good way of creating this secure sense of that we're managing the, this in a way that we can understand and measure and kind of, yeah, kind of see the output and the value that this actually brings, which I think is a good thing. Uh, on the other hand, I think there's a small cautiousness there. We, we need to be a bit cautious about what a standard actually promises and what it delivers. Of course, we can do everything by the book following the standard and still not succeed, depending on other yeah. aspects. Uh, this is like, I would say, the perfect like uh, construction blueprint for an engine. You can, if you do this like this, you're going to put together a really good engine with parts that work together. But then you're going to need to fuel that engine. Uh, and if you fill it with the right kind of fuel, you're going to get a really good working engine that kind of runs smoothly. Uh, but at the same time, if you don't really put in the right uh, kind of opportunities and intent, which is like the fuel of the innovation management engine, uh, you're going to get results that aren't perhaps that good, even if you do it in the right way. So there's mm -hmm. always going to be this kind of component of human judgment. You're going to 
need, even if you have a really good description in the standard of what you could do in order to ensure that you work on right opportunities and the right intents, or at least says something about how they should, these intents should align with your overall vision of where you want to be and what the overall purpose is with the system. At the same time, it's going to be a number of different individual uh, decisions that kind of creates the foundation for what opportunities and intent you're actually going to work on. So, of course, it's going to be a human dimension as well. Even if you follow the standard, you can, yeah, clearly speaking, you can produce shit <laughs> by, by using the standard. It can be crap coming out of the other part of it if you focus on the wrong opportunities and if you have the wrong intents. So it's no guarantee to success in itself when it comes to results. Will there ever be a standard for how to, to address that human factor? I think every standard tries. I think every standard where humans are involved try to compensate for that in some way or another by either raising yeah. awareness that you need to be aware of this factor in this, or kind of finding ways to work around that kind of human factor thing. Uh, in some processes, I would say that the human factor is like the core of the process, so it's not right. It's not directed towards like working around that factor. Instead, it's how can we utilize it in the best way possible. Yes, I would say in the in the 56,000 family, I would say that there is a clear human perspective of these um, that's really, really current in these standards right now. Uh, and you, you can see that perspective on many different levels, not the least if you consider the leadership component where you talk a lot about the strategy and vision. Of course, those things are not going to be produced by machines. The, the vision of a company or organization is depending on the, the imaginability of like, okay, the persons involved here who are entitled to have a vision, what kind of, of uh, what kind of creative fantasies about the future can they have? The vision is going to be as good as the people producing it. And at the same time, uh, the stuff you do that connected to the culture of the organization, for instance, it's going to affect your system in a very, very profound way. And that's why you also have a lot of, of parts in the context uh, module of this standard. You have a lot of of things concerning the culture and how to build the right kind of culture for successful innovation work and so on. Uh, and also I think over time this set of, of standards and this family will evolve a bit more as we learn more and more about how people operate in these different kind of processes and what's the general abilities of people in this and what should we strive for. So over time this standard will mature even more and be like it's not the finished uh, like the perfect version of the yeah innovation management standard right now. We have like the first version that's really good, but it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be upgraded and it's going to be improved over the next coming of years. That sounds great. Uh, we have something to start off with. I mean, uh, uh, it's going to be, it's, as you've been saying, it's going to be explorative work from here to see where that standard takes us. Um, but it's it's really, as I said before, it's, it's, it's great that there is a standard. It's a standard you can point at. It's a standard you can use as a, as a sort of blueprint to, to become aware of what we're doing and what we're not doing uh, and, and uh, how to do it better. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's a great start. So our recommendation is definitely for everyone who's listening, download it and read it through and uh, use it as something to hold in your hand uh, to make your organization better at innovation. Exactly. Exactly. So, Kalle, is there anything else you want to add regarding the standard? Anything, any aspect we haven't... Um, no, haven't, I can just uh, agree in your recommendation. I, I would say this is a really good 
starting point for discussion. I mean, if you're in an organization where you experience that innovation work isn't really that prioritized or that people don't really understand the need for innovation work, I mean, download the standard and, and use it as a starting point for discussions. Because that's also, I think, one of the strong parts about ISO standards that since they are very clear in their language and they're re really precise, they can be understood by many different categories of people. Mm. It doesn't matter if you have an engineering background or if you're in HR and so on. It kind of provides you with a common language within this domain, a language you can use to discuss these issues. So I think it can be used as like a starting point of discussion to see, okay, we're manufacturing stuff. It's uh, it's a production of services or it's a production of goods or it's a production of yeah whatever we do. Uh, and if you experience that we have a need for innovation, but I don't really see the things happening right now that needs to happen, I think a discussion around the standard could be a good way of starting off uh, some kind of yeah future development. So I think it's 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 also really a good like conversation starter to see that okay, it may not be the most fun conversation starter that you would <laughs> encounter, but it's it's really useful if you want to persuade your boss that this is something we should look into, and it's something really useful you can discuss with your colleagues to see yeah what are we really doing today in parts of, of our work that considers innovation and what can we improve because no one's yeah. really like I mean if you want to improve something yeah okay anyone's gonna agree that that's a good idea in most of the cases so I think yeah that's also use of this I think it's a really good tool for a number of different things and everyone should have one <laughs> Yeah, everyone should have one. And, and, and I, I think you said something uh, really good. It takes away the fuzziness around yeah. innovation uh, because innovation, as we've been discussing before in this in this uh, podcast, uh, I mean, th there are a lot of definitions and most people don't aren't able to define it, uh, which the standard does very clearly. So, so it's it's a very good starting point, uh, and it's definitely something uh, you can use in the long run as well. Okay, Kalle, I think that's it for today. Thank you very much for joining us again, and uh, we'll probably uh, be in touch again, I would, I would hope. I would guess so. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure being here. Until next time. Bye-bye. I hope you thought today's topic was interesting. And if you have any questions or maybe ideas for guests for this podcast, please do mail me at podcast at hellofuture.com. Remember, you can also browse through all the episodes and read more about us and this podcast at hellofuture.com. And uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button in whatever podcast player you're using if innovation is something that makes you tick. Talk to you soon and take care. Bye.